Welcome, everybody, to episode 135 of the Great Flat Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And boy, are we tired. Yeah, if you uh, if you watched the live stream of this episode, you're going to notice that this is not the same thing. It's, it's not. It's not even close. Because we recorded this already. Um, well, no, that's the thing. We didn't record this already, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got all the way through Horror Business. And then we looked at Tony's computer, and it it was recording at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And somehow, some way, at some point, not only did it stop recording, but it deleted everything we had already done. I am speechless. I have no idea how that happened. Like I've never seen that happen before. That is fucking bizarre. I like I can understand it stopping recording for whatever reason. I just don't understand how it deleted everything that was already on wax, as yeah. they say. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I found the problem. It was actually on the mixer itself. That, that guy's nice. pissed. Uh, <laughs> solidarity, brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was on the mixer. There was a button that basically it, it cuts off the mics. Um and only records uh, all, all like uh, the the uh, external audio. So basically, if we had like a uh, um, like a uh, keyboard or something, if we had a keyboard, or if we had something like playing our you know uh, Segway music separately, um, we could turn on, we could shut off our mics, and it would play that instead. Somehow that got switched, and so. We recorded nothing. But like Taylor said, at least like the first 10 minutes was recording. I watched it register myself, and now it's gone. So I have no fucking clue. I am beyond irritated because it is now 4.30, and I was expecting to be out of here by 5. So good. Good stuff. But we're going to try and, you know, get the energy level back up. We're going to try and recreate some of the magic. So <laughs> try to reprocess some of the old jokes that we made. Yeah. Uh, try and pretend that like they're still funny. All right. Got to pull fucking horror business up again. <sighs> Before we get started again, <laughs> maybe we should... Uh, thank our Patreon patrons. If you want to hear all our bullshit uh, backstories of what happened over the past week or two, uh, go head over to our Facebook page and watch the live stream video. Yeah, I'm almost tempted to just like go grab that audio. And just I was wondering if you could. There. I could try. It probably won't sound good, but neither did our last episode. But you might notice this one sounds right. <laughs> I did it. I did something right. This At time. least Tony did the thing. <laughs> you know, the thing where you got to switch the thing. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. So, our Patreon patrons, every month, uh, these fabulous people like to give us some of their hard-earned cash to help support the show, uh, keep things going the way that we'd like to do it, but it doesn't so always hard. work out. Yeah, we are not good at technology, I'm discovering. Technology does not like us. It does not. We, we have Even bad... when we think we're doing everything right, yeah. something, inevitably, some weird glitch in the system. I, I looked over everything like five times it's like what did i miss i must have missed something this time and everything was right except for that fucking button 
like remove that button so it never gets pressed again. <laughs> um, anyway, Patreon patrons are Kevin Nutasgoda, <laughs> Kevin Nutasgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate uh, the money, mainly. <laughs> mainly, we appreciate the money. I like money. Uh, but no, it really does help uh, to uh, you know pay the bills that we have. Maybe we'll use it on some classes for how to record audio without fucking up. <laughs> or just like maybe life classes, how to just not fuck up. <sighs> anyway, Taylor, if anybody else would like to join these fine folks, where can they go? You can become a grave digger by heading over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1. You can get exclusive content, including video reviews of movies chosen by the grave diggers. Guys, we promise May is coming. Uh, you're going to get two in June. So yeah. so shut up. Yeah, so squish your bitching. Uh, you know, you can give more money and get more perks. If you give $100, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Still waiting for that to happen, guys. Somebody, somebody's going to do it. Waiting for that knight in shining armor. Or they won't, and I just won't have a unicorn on my ass. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Quitter. <laughs> uh, what am I going to do, spend my own money on that? Fuck that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try and pull the audio of stuff that we talked about and just plug it in right here. Yeah, so uh, just uh, right off the bat, I want to tell you guys that last week we said we were going to be watching Brightburn and Godzilla, and one of those things is true. Yep, we uh, you know we tell half truths around here. You know, at least at least part of it's true. I mean, that that's the key to a very good lie is to sprinkle in a little bit of truth. Um, just so it's believable, right? Um, but anyway, uh, we. Did not watch Godzilla because uh, Taylor couldn't find it in him to make it to the theater to I'm watch. I'm very him. busy. <laughs> very busy. Yeah. Um, so we called an audible, and instead we watched the Netflix original, uh, The Perfection. Yeah, I saw articles on it. It was like, oh, new Netflix horror movie, The Perfection, is making people sick. So I said, challenge accepted. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but anyway, what's new, Taylor? Um, quite a bit, actually, for once. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Vegas last weekend. Vegas, baby, yeah. Vegas. Uh, went to AEW Double or Nothing wrestling show. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. So good. Was it what's been missing from wrestling for so long? It actually kind of fucking was, mm -hmm. yeah. I saw some highlights just from other people posting about it. Um, I mean, you showed me uh, Cody Rhodes. Does he go by Cody Rhodes? He goes by Cody. Just Cody. Okay. Um, Smashing apart a throne that was, you know, vaguely familiar. <laughs> you know, it, it had like an iron cross and some skulls, and it, it looked a little familiar. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't remember. There's a lot of people I don't even know. Like, I don't really know. Oh yeah, I mean they are they're very much trying to like not be not be WCW basically, and just like taking all the WWE cast offs. They they signed a lot of guys from the Indies mm -hmm. who aren't like bigger names. Seems to be where a lot of the heart and soul is nowadays. Well, yeah. I mean, even like, even, you know, well, yeah. So from what I've gathered just from things that I've seen, things that you've told me, um, 
is that WWE has just completely lost it. Like nobody cares anymore. <laughs> well, everything they do creatively has to go through Vince. So it doesn't matter how many writers they hire or how good of writers they hire. If Vince doesn't like it, it's not going on TV. That's insane. That is insane. And so is he. Well, yeah. He's losing his fucking mind. And so creative is just awful right now. Plus, this is something I just recently learned. When you get to WWE, you have to wrestle the WWE style, which is a very slow match focusing on telling a story, even though the storytelling in wrestling in WWE is often more like playing to the camera and making facial expressions than it is about the actual fucking wrestling. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, like, that's not very much of a surprise to me. Yeah. It seems like it's been that way for a while. So it's like they sign these guys who work the indies and work like this fast-paced style or whatever, and then they put them in, in WWE where they have to ch completely change their style. And then everyone wrestles the same. Right. That's how Vince likes it. Yep. He he he, he strikes me like uh, somebody with Alzheimer's. Kind of, yeah. Somebody who doesn't like different things because it's unfamiliar, and they don't know how to react, and they don't know how to like it. They don't really like things within their control, so they want the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. He, but he also has the sense of humor of a 12-year-old. Right. He likes poop jokes. Yeah. I mean, poop jokes are funny, but... I mean, dick jokes are funny, too, which he seems to be a fan of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a time and place. Right. And, you know, small doses. Yeah. And the, the time and place is not everywhere all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... Anyway, so yeah, a good show. Oh yeah, very good. Nice, nice. Yeah, like they let the guys go out there and they let them do their thing, whether that be wrestling or cutting promos. Mm -hmm. They just say, you know, like, here's here's the points you need to make. Go out there and whatever you have to do to make that point. Yeah, what one of your uh, um, uh, whack offs <laughs> hit, hit the big times with them, right? Yeah, Darby Allen. Good for him. Yeah, and Sammy Guevara. He he came through whack. Nice. Oh, and Aubrey Edwards, of course, our, our head referee. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Congratulations. She had, she had a moment where she like made a two count and they rang the bell. And I could see some refs being kind of like, you know, oh, God, I guess match is over. But she, she took charge and she was like, no, two, keep going. It's <laughs> like, you tell them, Aubrey. <laughs> you tell them to fuck right off. You're in charge of that ring. So uh, no, no uh, mishaps. No, no hangover style events. The first night we were there. <laughs> so we went back to the hotel about 3 a.m. I passed out on the couch. The other two were watching TV, so I went to bed. Woke up around 7.15 because I forgot to turn off my alarm. They were gone. <laughs> they went back to the casino. Jesus. I watched Buffer lose $100 in a matter of seconds. Fuck. And he probably lost almost a thousand dollars over the weekend. Okay. That sucks. Yeah. Like on my, penny slots. On penny slots? Yep. He's like, boom, hundred dollars in. Max bet. Max bet. Max bet. That's all he did. Can't take it with you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm the most boring gambler because I don't like gambling. Because it's like, oh, this is my money. I know that I have it because I'm holding it right now. Um, and I'm not going to worry about money that maybe I'll have. I know like some people say, oh, well, it's you know, it's an experience. It's the same thing as paying to go see a show or whatever. And I'm like,
that for me, because I don't find entertainment in going, yeah, $10 gone, $10 gone, $10 gone. You, you know, most of the machines now, you don't even get the thrill of pulling the lever. Yeah, you push a button. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Um, Tell me, has it changed? I, I don't know. This was my first time, but I have determined that Vegas is not for me. Really? Like, I don't gamble. I don't do drugs. I'm not looking for hookers. It's just, it's there's nothing really there for me unless it's like a show. It's fair. Um, I don't know. I always got, I was like just uh, kind of wandering around the casino, maybe, you know, throwing some money into a slot machine every now and again. Um, and mainly just kind of, Going up and down the strip and just checking out all the different casinos. Like, there's each of them have their own kind of vibe, theme. Vibe, yeah. Like, uh, like Venetian. I love the Venetian. But, but did you go there at all? No. It's awesome. Um, we stayed at the Hard Rock. We went to Caesars, which is where a lot of the, the wrestling stuff was going on. Uh, Tuscany, there's a lot of stuff going on there, too. Uh, and then the, the show itself was at the MGM. Mm. So we had those places. Nice. Um, yeah, I was like going to, like I said, Venetian. Um, Paris is pretty cool. Uh, New York, New York. That's probably my favorite place because it has my favorite bar in it. Um, and the uh, Bellagio is cool. Like the casino itself is kind of, you know, nondescript. It's just a fancy casino. But the the comedy show there is awesome. Um, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. Um, and then later in the week, we bought a new car. That's fun. Yeah. Good ride. Yeah. It's the one thing I'm still getting used to is the brakes because the brakes on our old car were not good. Mm -hmm. And so these ones, I'm like, I push a little bit. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll get you. <laughs> but that that will get you. Um. Yeah, I didn't really do much while you were gone. Um, I started going to the gym, which I'm pretty thrilled with. The guy? Guy? Yeah. The guy. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've been trying to get into. I, did I talk to this last episode? I don't think so. I just, I've been trying to get back into the gym. I used to go like, all the time. Um, trying to get all swole. Yeah. My fucking hates when I talk like that. Like I was in, um, I was making a protein shake the other day, and uh, she comes in. She's like, "You making your protein shake?" I'm like, "Yeah, I gotta get my protein." She's like, Stop it! I'm like, wife, I gotta get my gains. <laughs> gotta get gains, wife. Um, Stakes and weights. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gone every day for the last uh, almost two weeks. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be two full weeks. Um, that I've got every day, and uh, yeah, been pretty proud. And I changed my diet. That's 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 been the interesting thing because I have had a pretty historically shitty diet. Um, like I don't eat a lot; I just don't eat well. Yeah. Um, um, but I've changed that up too. Uh, it's still, it's still not perfect. I'm still working out some kinks because I'm a very picky eater. Um, and uh, but yesterday was my birthday, and oh yeah, happy birthday! Well, well, thank you. Um, and I, for, for like the last week, cause you know, I've been swearing off all the, all the bad shit. I'm like, okay, 
on my birthday, I'm eating so much fucking pizza and getting some goddamn ice cream and I'm eating popcorn at the, at the movies. Um, and I did all those things and this was just bad ideas like all over the place. Well, I mean, if Alex Zane has taught me anything, he's a wrestler. Um, you can eat nothing but Taco Bell and still be fucking jacked. I don't think that's true at all. I don't believe it's just a gimmick. I think that's real. I think that's real life. I mean, there is like a lot of protein value in like a taco. I think I think all he does is like eat Taco Bell and then just waits. I think that's all he does in his life. Like every day on Twitter, it's easy. He's either tweeting about Taco Bell or going to the gym. <laughs> I'm going to be like, why aren't there gyms and airports? <laughs> he talk like that. There's uh, this. Um, uh, these these guys they, they do these videos on YouTube uh, just about you know lifting and eating eating right and stuff. Like that. They're called the Buff Dudes, and Buff is uh, an acronym. It's like better understanding of food and fitness. Um, so Buff Dudes, and they're both just these fucking and they're like we're here to work you out. <laughs> they're actually really funny. They're like they're a couple of brothers, and they're just they're funny as hell. Um, but I was watching this video the other day, and um, this one of them, like he's the, the the goal of the video was to see how much they had to work out to burn off fast food. So the guy goes to In and Out, he gets a double double and a bag of fries, and just scratch them all down. And I, I think he said like some less than 15 minutes, and then he goes to the gym. And he has to burn off a thousand calories. Now, I go to the gym for an hour and a half to two hours, and I burn off probably somewhere between 400 and 500 calories. So if you think like this guy was either at the gym for a long fucking time, or he's just doing insane ass, because yeah. he, was, he wasn't doing cardio, he was just doing lifting. So he's burning a thousand calories just lifting up. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so I mean, I've, I've lost uh, you know, a handful of uh, pounds. Um, not much, but it's only been a couple weeks, and like sucks because it's like it's not it's not healthy to learn lose more than two pounds a week. So I have to manage that, make sure I'm not losing too much too fast. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, everything seems to be going well. I'm pretty excited. About it. Good for you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So um, I saw John Wick three last night, and I said you haven't seen any of them. But, yeah. Um, those movies just like I don't know. A lot of people are saying like this is the best of the series. I'm just like it's it's about the same as the other series. Yeah. There's no better or worse. They're all just good. Like because if you want an action movie with all that without all that pesky story getting in the way, <laughs> then John Wick is the fucking way you want to go because it's seriously just it's almost like a nonstop fight scene. Um, and I know you don't like Keanu Reeves, but because mainly because he's a bad actor, but it really doesn't matter because there's not a little lot of acting involved. It's just a fighting like, <laughs> all the time. And I I referenced um, uh, first season of Daredevil, all those fight scenes where it's just like these long one shot fight scenes that go on for like ten fucking minutes. It's an entire movie of that. And like these guys, I mean, just an hour and a half water. <laughs> and you know, Keanu Reeves, he does most of his own fighting scenes. Um, and you know, these things, like I said, they go on for like 10, 15 minutes, 
And these guys are getting visibly tired, but they're still just beating the hell out of each other. And it's like it's fun because it's realistic, or you know, more realistic than you know, chasing and like karate or martial arts movies and shit like that. Where these guys just go on uh, for half an hour without losing their breath. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this one scene in there where uh, he breaks into, I think it's like a, I don't know, it almost looks like it's a museum, but it could be like a gun show, gun store or, or a knife store or something. But he's, he's breaks in there and he, he's trying to load up these guns and it's just like revolvers so he can limit the shots off and he, he plugs one guy and then he runs off and there's just like this gallery of all these knives and these display cases. And seriously, there was like a 10 minute long knife throwing fight. <laughs> They're just sitting there, just busting open these display cases and throwing knives at each other. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Um, my wife fucking hated it. She's like, you know, it's my birthday. <laughs> Fuck you, it's my birthday. Exactly. It's my um, birthday, I'll do what I want to. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I just. Like, I was so happy that I ate all that shit yesterday because I know I don't know a lot. And the next time we'll be able to do that, but I'm so painful today. <laughs> oh my God. My stomach hurts so bad this morning. I still made it to the gym, though. So go me. Well done, sir. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, you know what we should do? Thank our Patreon patrons. That's the thing that, hey. I was, that I was referring to. Uh, every month, uh, uh, a group of people like to hand over their hard-earned dollars to help keep this show float. Um, Set a float comes uh, yeah. Um This is a birthday gift from my wife. Oh, nice. Um, she got me this uh, Friday the 13th for her final chapter shirt and the show. Anyway, um, so, yes, uh, these people will give us their hard-earned dollars every month to keep the show running, um, keep those uh, viewers greased, and uh, we are just so happy to have them. Um, those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Like I said, we really appreciate every real dime you give us. Um, it's uh, it, goes a long way to help us you know, just pay off some of the ugh, costs that come along with the show. Um, so, thank you. And give us incentive to keep going. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash podcast. You can get perks for as little as $1, including monthly or semi-monthly uh, video reviews. Hey, I've been very busy. Maze is a little late, but it's coming, guys. It's in the can. You know, like, so, you know, we always said this show, we would never let it become work. And so, like, while I know that, you know, monetarily we're, we're responsible for putting out those video reviews, it's like, I just was very busy, and there are things that I just couldn't put aside to do stuff for the show. Like, I wasn't going to let it become work. So... It'll get done. It's just a little late. It'll just have two in June. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, up to $100, which will get you a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Still waiting for somebody to, uh, to pay for that. I mean, if you guys did it right, well, I can't do it. Well, some, if anybody's watching on these well, three channels, um, if you pay us today, Taylor's going to go do it today. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> my dad's actually down to see Matt right now. Well, not right now. So. He's down what? He's seeing Matt. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, patreon.com slash podcast. I'm a grave digger. All right. So, is that it? That's it. All right. Well, that's not the show. Like, there's <laughs> more to come. Don't so long, everyone. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's going to do it for the show, I think. Yeah. We should just lead into some horror business. Let's shall do so if that didn't work, you just heard about four seconds of silence for no reason. Well, I mean, it definitely recorded. Like, I'm not I have to pull the audio like from the video itself, like off the rip the the audio. Right. Um. So hopefully that worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Silence of me awkwardly waiting. Yeah. <laughs> just in case that didn't work. That's what, that's what you just heard was us being awkward. Which is right. what you're gonna keep hearing for about the next two hours or so. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so worried that these stories are gonna suck now because we already used up all our good material. We're not that creative. Yeah. But and when we are, we forget everything that was funny. Yeah. But here we go with horror business. Starting out with real world horror, we're going to stay right here in our old backyard of Washington State. Washington? Washington. Who's that that hates that? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> uh, my, this is my wife. She hates it. She hates Like, she doesn't even like me doing it as a joke. It's, it's, it had to be my wife. It's weird because her grandma. My wife. My wife. It's weird because her grandma said that. Maybe that's why she hates it. Maybe. Um, Does she hate her grandma? No. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. Um, I just realized, you know, if you like put the audio from the live stream in there, we're going to thank Patreon twice. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. We really like you guys. I mean, thank you so much. We'd be nothing without you. Here in Washington, uh, among legalizing, you know, being, uh, I guess, probably the, uh, the front runners, the trailblazers. Of things like that's Oregon, that's Portland. They're the trailblazers down there, Bla- blazing other trails, blazing something. Blazing. <laughs> you know, we we were kind of the 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 forefront of legalizing gay marriage, uh, or was that California first? No, because they tr- did. God damn it, I can't remember. Didn't they like have it and then somebody? That yeah, they were got abolished. It and, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but we had it and it stayed. It stuck. Yeah. Suck it, bigots. Yay, progress. Um, and then we legalized pot. I mean, because whatever. It's a drug. It, it's a drug, guys. It is. Get with it. I mean, don't kid yourselves. Everybody's, it's a, it's, it should be legal, in my opinion. It's. I, I don't care if it's legal or not. What I, what I don't like is that the Seattle, just like, well, mainly like Capitol Hill and downtown, reeks like pot all the time now. Yeah, it did before. <laughs> 
whatever. But anyway, I don't care if it's legal legal or not. What bothers me is like everybody sees that as like progress. It's like what? <laughs> How is that progress? Um, but and like people are just like, oh, Colorado's so fucking awesome because they legalized pot and and shrooms. You guys think a state is awesome because they legalized pot and shrooms. I think you guys need to analyze what's more like what's important in your lives. <laughs> anyway, point is here in Washington, something else has been legalized, which it's like this is one of those things just like, oh, OK, I didn't know that wasn't legal. Yeah, I don't understand why it would be. <laughs> uh, like it just seems like such a personal thing. Yeah, it's like, okay. But so we have decided, we, the state has decided. Tony and I decided (laughs) to legalize uh, the uh, process of composting human remains, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, you might have, like, a compost heap in your backyard or, like, a little ceramic pot like Taylor does where you just put all your, like, eggshells and towels and, and just and stuff now you can do that with a person yeah now you just throw grandma in the scrap heap yeah and then you the scrap heap. that sounds <laughs> terrible <laughs> and then you you put her in the flower bed and then you're good to go um <laughs> jesus this is tasteless <laughs> maybe it's better than the first time i don't know <laughs> um because yeah, we, we have to come up with new jokes. <laughs> this is like this is what we should do all the time. I just do a dry run for the whole episode, and then do a new, a new apathetic run. <laughs> um, human composting is the brainchild of Katrina Spade. Did she come up with this on her own, or is she just the one that runs this company? She's the CEO. I mean, according to Cairo or whoever wrote this article, yeah, it's yeah. She was like, let's just turn people into dirt. <laughs> Uh, she's the CEO of alternative burial company Re- Recompose You got it this time I said it Last time Tony called it Recompose Because it's compost <laughs> Why wouldn't it be Recompost Because compost is not a word Huh? Compost is not a word I was reading it before I realized <laughs> It ended in an E Not a T I, I, was, I was already into it I had to go with it <laughs> Speaking with local news station Cairo 7, which is our local CBS affiliate, not that it matters, uh, Spade explained that the recomposition involves moving the body to a specifically designed facility. Uh, So you can't, apparently you can't do this in your backyard, even though mobsters have been doing that for decades. (laughs) Um, In New Jersey, they legalize sleeping with the fishes. (laughs) Uh, It's being called, quote, a... Uh, part public park, part funeral home, part memorial to the people we love. Part haunted forest. Because if you want a haunted forest, this is how you get haunted forest. forest. Um, Just plant trees out of people. So basically what they do is they take the body and place it in a vessel filled with wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. Um, after several weeks of microbial activity, the body breaks down into a soil that can then be given to the family of the deceased or used by conservation groups to nourish the surrounding land. Nourish. I wonder how long this process takes. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, if you just put somebody in a box, especially if they've been embalmed, it could take months. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But, I mean... But I guess if they haven't been involved, it would be a much faster process. Yeah, even if they're just in a coffin. Um, but if they're... Like, just, I, don't, I don't know if the wood chips off elephant trough that's, like, specifically designed to make it break down faster, or... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a there's a process to, like... I mean, you compost, you have this little, this little pot that you compost things in. But if you're making, like, a compost heap, there's kind of, like, an art to it. You have to like layer different kinds of things in, um, like you know, you put like greens on one layer, you put dry stuff on one, another layer, and you put like um, you know food stuffs on another layer, and then you like you know you've got to turn it and mix it at a certain point in time. It's a whole process. I considered making one in our backyard because we have a bunch of space that we don't use. I thought it might be good because our backyard is fucking garbage. Like the, the soil back there just, it sucks. It's sour. It's it's sour. Um, so uh, I thought about just like starting our own compost heap. Um, Remember but, the trash heap from Fraggles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I thought I just called it Fraggles. That wasn't the name of the show at all. <laughs> you know, the Fraggles. Not even the Fraggles. Just Fraggles. <laughs> the, the lazy title. Um, I can't believe there's a new Doozers show. There is? Yeah, on Hulu. I'll be damned. It's all CGI. Like it's like CGI cartoon. Ain't nobody won't know the difference. They're, They're idiots. Stupid. <laughs> With their legal mushrooms. <laughs> Saw somebody post on Facebook the other day. It was uh, oh, fuck. It had Kevin Nealon in it. It was like a, a segment of pictures, and it was from a movie. And basically, Kevin Nealon was labeled millennials, and his kid was labeled Gen Z, and said, uh, it, "Kevin Nealon was saying, oh, what's going on?'" And the kid says, uh, "Teenage Rebellion." He's like, <laughs> Kevin Nealon says, "Yeah, fuck old people," because <laughs> it's like you know we're getting old. Yeah, we are. Somebody just had a birthday. I did have a birthday. We didn't mention that this time. You Not might have heard it out on the live stream. I don't know. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't know what's happening anymore. We're gonna get off topic a lot more this time. I think oh. because we've already talked about all this yeah. shit. It's like, no, nah, yeah. I've lost interest. I don't care anymore. I saw a thing on Tumblr, and it was like. Kids these days will never know the high stakes pressure of having to go to the bathroom during a commercial break and then <laughs> rushing back when your brother or sister is like, it's on, it's on. Right. <laughs> and somebody replied and was like, couldn't you just pause it? And they were like, oh, sweetie baby. <laughs> <laughs> Honey baby darling. Um, yeah. Anyway. Which is nicer than what I would have said. I would have been like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, science. Making people into dirt. People into trees. I mean, you might as well. What the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah, when I'm dead, just throw me in the trash. (laughs) Fill me with cream. But seriously, like people that still insist on being buried, they're ridiculous. You're just wasting space. They're wasting space. They're damaging the earth. They're paying, well, they're expecting their loved ones to pay thousands of dollars to put them in the ground. So just do it this way and actually serve a purpose. Yeah. All 
right, so just last episode, we talked about uh, Terrifier 2. It's true. True story. Sequel coming from writer-director Damien Leone. And we talked about how he had a script done. And uh, David David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, was talking it up, saying all we need is funding. It's this great script. Well, good news on that front. According to Leone on Facebook, we are thrilled to finally announce that Terrifier 2 is funded and slated to begin filming in the fall of this year. Oh, yeah! Our production company, Dark Age Cinema, is producing once again, which means the inmates are still running the asylum. That's a plus. Which means Blumhouse is not sticking their fingers in people's buttholes. (laughs) Also a plus. You know, honestly, though, I think if this one does well, I'm worried that Blumhouse is going to say, hey, guys, (laughs) what's up? How'd you like $5 million? (laughs) And I just hope that Damien Leone has the uh, fortitude and uh, what's the word? Integrity. Integrity uh, to say, fuck you. Fuck you, Tommy. Fuck you and your $5 million. Tommy. Tommy. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy, you roll up your $5 million and you stick them up your stupid fat ass. (laughs) He's not fat. He's fat now. Is he? I spoke into existence. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> it, like five five million dollars for a movie is nothing it's really not i mean for a for a small time director sure. oh yeah i'm sure like you know somebody like i don't know what leone spent on the first one but i'm sure he would love to have five million dollars. i'll bet but you know integrity is more important in my mind well yeah because then you're gonna have blumhouse being like oh we can't have blood yeah and it's if like, you've seen terrifier there's lots of it it's like maybe art doesn't saw someone in half this time <laughs> Starting at their vagina. (laughs) Um, Let's see. He goes on to say, we are unchained and unrestricted, so rest assured, Terrifier 2 will be the merciless, no-holds-barred follow-up you've been hoping for. If you thought we pushed the envelope in part one, you haven't seen anything yet. I'd like to hear this. I hope it's true, but I'd like to hear this. Yeah. I also appreciate that he didn't say you ain't seen nothing yet. Because ain't is a word. Yeah. Actually, it is now. I believe it's in the dictionary now. That's dumb. What's an abbreviation for? You A not? It's a contraction. Yeah, what's it a contraction for? I don't know. A not? It's, it's, it's not a word. No, it's not. And if you say you ain't seen nothing, then that's double negative. It's just so. like they added fucking bling to the, to the dictionary several years ago. Did they really? Yes, they did. They should stop. Webster's has gone out of their minds. They've lost that's all That's because millennials are running it now. All the millennials got old and they're putting all their stupid words in it. Fucking millennials. They're like, oh, fam is in the dictionary now. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> it's like lit. Uh, it's not lit. <laughs> lit. Lit. Adjective. Illuminated. Or ablaze. See also fun. <laughs> uh, now, since the scope of Terrifier 2 is 10 times bigger than the original, we can still really use your help. Thankfully, we've gotten numerous requests at conventions and on social media to launch a crowdfunding campaign for the sequel. So that is our goal. In the coming weeks, we will launch a small Indiegogo campaign with the hopes of raising some much needed additional funds. I throw him a bone. Yeah, I'll give him a dollar. If, especially if it gets me like a copy of Blu-ray or something. Well, since we're talking about perks, what about a social media shout out? I mean, Sure. What about screen-worn Art the Clown accessories? Yeah. 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 What about being killed by the man himself in Terrifier 2? It's fucking dope. 
Yeah, now you're talking. Now you have my attention. Fucking dope, fam. That would be fucking lit. <laughs> Doesn't she hate that? Oh, she hates it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, if we reach our goal, the proceeds will go towards the biggest and most mind-blowing scene in the script, which requires an unprecedented amount of special effects, extras, and stunts. You know, I... I so this last, I, I fucking hate doing this because I know I'm repeating a lot of the same things, like acting like they're original thoughts, like something I just thought of. But actually, I just said it when we did this the first time. But when he says special effects, I know with about 99% certainty that when he says special effects, he's talking about practical effects. Sure. Because yeah. before being a director, he was, or well, he still is, a special effects artist. So, I mean, he, he designed... Art, art's face and you know everything like I think all special effects in Terrifier he did those all himself well he probably had a team but you know what I mean yeah I mean there's videos like uh, time lapse videos of him doing art's makeup himself and stuff yeah. so and every time they do conventions together when David Howard Thornton is doing like photo ops as art he, you know Damien's always there on on site doing the makeup for yep. him so what is this this giant scene that Leone's talking about? He said he can't spoil the details, but try to imagine if Art the Clown was in charge of the prom mayhem in Carrie. That's interesting. Um, I'm a little, a little apprehensive about the supernatural aspect of things. I kind of liked Art just being a psychopath. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> it's like, you know, I mean, well before Halloween got off the rails, the whole fucking Cult of Thorn shit, um, you know, a lot of people didn't like Halloween, too, because they gave Michael a purpose. And, they, you know, Lori is his sister, so he's coming for her specifically, rather than him just being some guy that picked some girl at random. I personally like Halloween too. I liked having that little bit of backstory that kind of gave a, a rhyme to Michael's reason, um, or a reason to his rhyme. I don't know, one way or the other. Um, a method for his madness. Sure, but with Art, I feel like it just due to his character, it kind of plays better for him to just be some guy that just happened to run into these girls one night and just picked them. Yeah. yeah. And and without any supernatural assistance, just killed them. Just whacked them off. Yeah. Let me do whack a guy off a guy, whack off a guy, because I'm <laughs> married. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like the supernatural thing, the synopsis for the sequel is after being resurrected by a sinister entity, which that alone, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, Art the Clown returns to Miles County where he must hunt down and destroy a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween. Turns out she's Art's sister. No, that's I added that. I don't really hope they don't do that. <laughs> Just completely rip off Halloween too. Yeah. When I when I hear this being resurrected by a sinister entity, all I can think of is Lethal Weapon Five, when Frank's character <laughs> gets resurrected by the witch doctor. Oh. <laughs> Wait, wasn't his character the witch? Wasn't it? no. His character was, was the casino, the owner. casino owner. Yeah. Right, okay. <clears throat> um, the, yeah, the witch doctor, or voodoo priest, priestess, or whatever she was, she like resurrected him. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, that synopsis kind of left to wonder why he must destroy this teenage girl and her brother. Well, yeah, like you were saying, in the first one, he just kind of like picked these girls because he ran into them. Yeah. It wasn't like a targeted thing. And this one, it sounds like it is much more targeted. Yeah. So, I mean, I I trust Damien to, to make a good film. I believe that he is one of the last vestiges of horror that are doing the kind of things that people probably more on my side of things. Slasher fans specifically. Yes. I mean, definitely slasher fans that guy is total gore hounds like myself. Um, The kind of stuff that we're looking for and things that have been so missing from horror for so many years, except for, you know, more underground stuff. Some of that underground stuff that gets real twisted. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. um, Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. We'll be keeping an eye on this. Uh, you know, once the Indiegogo launches, we'll let you guys know, give you guys a link and everything. So uh, stay tuned. You better stay away. This place is cursed. Disobey and you'll be buried away in the dirt. Envision your darkest nightmares. This is worse. It's the clown motel. Yes, sir. You better stay away. This place is cursed. Hear what I'm saying? We ain't playing the thirst. to bring you pain is the same as death that they serve at the you guys want more clown talk? More clown talk. Because we got more clown talk. You're listening to Clown Talk on KCLWN. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> you know what else is a nightmare? The Clown Motel in Tonopa Mamata. Mamata. You know, right next to Mumepamo. There is a clown motel in Tonopa. I almost said it again. Nevada. I don't know where I'm, where where I think I'm going with that. But, um, what's what's the name of this clown motel? It's uh, it's aptly named Clown Motel. Oh, clever! Um, I, if you guys haven't seen this place, uh, I mean, like it's nightmare fuel. It, it absolutely is. I mean, they do it on like the they. Sh- like every time, like around Halloween, like the Travel Channel, yeah, Travel Channel, Discovery, whatever, like the ten scariest places in the U.S. or whatever is always on that list because it is quite literally a clown motel. Like it is a motel packed to the gills with clowns just everywhere, outside, inside, in the rooms, which is probably the worst part. Um. And, uh, I mean, if that's not enough fun for you, (laughs) instead of a continental breakfast, they offer a handy-dandy graveyard across the street. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, clown pancakes or something. (laughs) So if you need a nice place to have a picnic, there's a a graveyard. Um, And, you know, the reason we bring this up is because... For some reason, until na- not until now, somebody decided to make a feature-length film about the Clown Motel. Uh, What's the name of that feature film, Tony? Hey, you want to know what it's called? I would like to know. It's called <laughs> Clown Motel. Oh, clever. <laughs> um, so Clown Motel follows a group of ghost hunters. Sweet, merciful Christ. My God, that's just the fucking worst. Clown Motel follows a group of ghost hunters returning home from Las Vegas. When they arrive at the Clown Motel, 
Why would anybody say, hey, let's stay there for the night? <laughs> I mean, unless they were seeking it out, but even still, why? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like, hey, they're they're returning. It says they're returning home. It doesn't say they're going to their next mission or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, well, and at least to my knowledge, the Clown Motel is not known for being haunted. Just, I don't know. Being creepy Just as shit. Creepy, yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, returning home from Las Vegas, when they arrive at the Clown Motel, they're after to discover if it's really abandoned. Oh, wait. So in the movie, it's abandoned. Apparently. Yeah. Douche. So maybe it is haunted. Because apparently Douche Baggins visited there. Um, they're left to discover if it is really abandoned and haunted by the souls of the clowns that once lived there. Lived there? Why? Well, there's just like a fucking clown commune <laughs> living in this motel. That's before it was a motel. It was just it was a it was a clown community. Clown ap- apartments. Yeah. Yes. Clown heights. <laughs> clown heights. Clown gardens. Um, and whatever those inane fucking words they add to Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you know, um fucking Clown Vista. Yeah. Aspen Courtyard. Aspen <laughs> Clown Yard. Got him. <laughs> But there's no aspen in no it's, in it's, the desert. It's a m- mamata <laughs> clown yard. Uh, clown Motel is written and directed by Joseph Kelly, who we looked into it has done nothing of note. Oh, uh, he did Bloody Island. Oh well, there's that. You know, you know Bloody Island, and apparently this is based on a short he did. Neat. So he's rehashing things. Um, it's going to be starring Ari Lehman from uh, Friday the Thirteenth. The, the original Jason, if you will, uh, and Tony Moran, who played the one time in Halloween when Michael had his mask off. For like two seconds. Was he also, he must have been at the beginning too. As a little kid? No, no, when he first uh, escapes from the, the hospital. Oh, maybe. I honestly don't know. Um. Anyway. They're going to be playing sadistic clowns, presumably ghosts. Sadistic ghost clowns. That sounds just awful. <laughs> yeah. So, um, clowns, guys. Or they've just been living in the motel this whole time. Just down the middle of nowhere. <laughs> this fucking abandoned... It's, it's an abandoned motel in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Like, that alone is scary. And then you just add fucking floor-to-ceiling clowns yeah awful anyway but for those of you still interested clown motel is expected to arrive on dvd on june 4th so you know check out i don't know by the time this airs you'll be able to go see it yeah not go see it you can't go to the theaters shit ain't in theaters (laughs) start going to theaters but you is it only dvds not on vod it it might be i don't know (laughs) At least for now. I don't know. Google it. Or don't. One more clown story? I mean, I guess. One more clown story. 
This one is about one specific clown that you might have heard of. Goes by the name of Pennywise. Hey, I know him. You do know him. He's on your shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, well, Pennywise and his friends in the Losers Club are getting their own board game. It's, Good for them. It's coming from USAopoly, who also made the It versions of Clue and Monopoly. Itopoly. I don't understand that. Like, you, you can't just make Monopoly out of everything. Sure you can. No, that's, they've done it. <laughs> but you can't, you can't just have it make sense. I mean, the board is dairy, right? You just buy the things in dairy. What? Never mind. And the pieces are like Pennywise's shoe or something. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, this is actually not just a new skin on an old board game. It is a full-blown It board game called It colon Evil Below. This is based on the new movie from 2017. Puts you in the middle of Dairy, Maine, where players will take on the role of the all-vigilant losers club. It is a cooperative strategy game following the seven heroes as they traverse their neighborhood using character-specific abilities, such as Ben's limitless card hand, which allows him to draw a card and arm himself whenever he must fight Pennywise. I don't understand. I mean, they don't have abilities. Yeah, they're not superheroes. They're not the fucking X-Men. Yeah, I'm just I, like... It wasn't like in the movie they were like, oh, well, you can do this and I can do this. So by our powers combined, we can beat Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. Like, yeah, they had to work together, but it wasn't because they each had this own, like, this one special skill. Yeah, it was almost like they tried to do that in, like, the miniseries. But they they didn't in. Um... Shut up, Siri, you bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when the robots take over, this is why. <laughs> they call her a bitch. Yep. All those people being mean to Siri, the machines will revolt. <laughs> uh, couldn't be worse than now. Anyway, <laughs> I for one welcome our new robot overlords. Exactly. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh yeah, like they don't have. Spe- they're making this up. It's not related to. It's making this up. <laughs> It's not related to the actual characters in any way. Ben doesn't have some ability where he can just find a weapon wherever. <laughs> he should. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe it would have made it more interesting. I don't know. He says, oh, I crafted this weapon. <laughs> Out of a hammer. <laughs> you could have just used the hammer. Anyways, uh, if one player runs out of health, the objective is failed and Pennywise wins. Sounds like you're destined to lose. Yeah, it's kind of like the the Walking Dead board game that I have where just no one ever wins. Yeah, more like walking bullshit. Clever. Got him. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like 5 on 1, but there's no one. Like as far as I know, nobody controls Pennywise. From what we know, no. But like, you know, when we were talking about this the first time, I said it this would be suited more to like a role-playing game, like kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, where Pennywise is kind of like the dungeon master, and then you have all this Losers Club playing against him. Yeah, um, I think that format would lend itself better to what I'm picturing in my head. 
But like I said, this isn't a very descript explanation, so. Not particularly. Get out of here, Zach Baggins. Um, yeah, I'm hoping. All the, the only rest of the description just has like, what's in the box? Nobody fucking cares. What's in the box? What's in the box? We did that. We did the thing. We didn't do that last time. See, we got new stuff. Sometimes we can we can spark that magic again. So it says, outsmart Pennywise once and for all in this do or die cooperative strategy game based on the horror film classic It. Classic. Let's slow down. Uh, to pump the brakes. It's been it's been two years. Like, come on. Take on the role of the loser club to stop this looming threat from terrorizing the town of Derry. Defeat him or die trying. It's up to you. I want to play a game. Do or die. The choice is yours. Where's Sawopoly? Sawopoly? Sawopoly. Masopoly? I don't know. How would that work? I don't know. Maybe you get like body parts. Okay, here's your foot. (laughs) Or so. I don't know. I don't design games. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a big picture guy. <laughs> Can you play as Carrie Always? The ideas. Huh? Can you play as Carrie Always? Yep. All right, then I'm in. Just give you like a big fat head that you have to strap to the top of your head. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in It Evil Below, you can get it for $30 this fall sometime. That's as specific as I got. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, did. I probably won't buy it. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> of course, I don't really buy board games. I just see. Just... I love board games. Although I have, like, I buy them and then I have nobody to play with. <laughs> nobody wants to play with me. <laughs> I don't have any friends. It's okay. We're old. We don't have friends anymore. That's true. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> Getting old is sad. It is. You just wither away by yourself. <laughs> It's like when I got here, you were watching, uh, uh, what was the second to last episode of How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, it was one of the last. Yeah, it was last season. Uh, I had Ted was talking about how it's like, oh, it's just, you know, you find as you get older that you're, you just have these friends that just kind of drift away. It's like, God, ain't that the truth? Yep. I'm so sad now. Anyway, <laughs> on that note. Hey, we're done with clowns. Hey, no more clowns. We do have a sweet segue here, though. We do? Yeah. We were just talking about It, which is based on a novel by Stephen King. (laughs) I got there. We did this already. We did? Fuck. Okay, well, (laughs) uh, continuing in the Stephen King-ish trend, um, if you weren't sick of Stephen King adaptations yet... You know, maybe you will be now. <laughs> Boy, are you in luck. <laughs> because New Line, who is also behind uh, the It adaptations, uh, meaning chapter one and two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're also uh, going to be adapting the story The Long Walk. The Long Walk is a very, very old story written by King in the 70s, uh, 79. Wait, was it? Yeah, published in 79. 
but this was under his uh, pen name, um, uh, Richard Bachman, who, like, I didn't read a lot of Bachman stuff. I would probably have to check with my dad, but this, he, he didn't really write a lot of horror under Bachman. It was more like thrillers and crime dramas and stuff like that. Plus, he was still making music with Bachman Turner Overdrive at the time. So. Naturally. <laughs> um, this one doesn't really sound too much different. I've never read it myself. But it definitely sounds more along the uh, the thriller lines rather than just a full-out horror um, that uh, King is known for. Uh, written by Stephen King under the pseudonym Richard Bachman and published in 1979, The Long Walk Takes Place in the Future in which 100 100 teenage boys embark on an annual competition known as the Long Walk. That's where where they got it. The titular Long Walk. (laughs) The rules are simple. Maintain a speed above four miles an hour. Receive three warnings, or receive three warnings in an hour, and you're shot dead. So there you go. Pretty easy easy to rules. Easy easy to rules. Easy rules to remember. (laughs) Just keep on walking. Yep. Uh, also, walking at four miles an hour is not especially easy. It's a pretty, that, that's a brisk it's pace. It's a very brisk pace, especially if you have short little legs like I do. Um, and uh, so, let's see. The last one walking gets whatever he wants for the rest of his life. Under these grim circumstances, the boys develop deep friendships despite knowing that each of their friends' survival is a threat to their own. So there's that. So I'm getting like a strong Hunger Games kind of vibe. Yeah, I mean, definitely Hunger Games. Um, but also like Phone Booth and um, Grand Piano. Yeah. The di- which are basically the same movie. Pretty much, yeah. Just like, you know, one's in a phone booth. And one's in, behind a Grand Piano. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the difference I think being is that they know who's shooting them. Not yeah. on a personal level. Like it's not they have, like they've been to their houses or anything. Or they take high tea with them. They might. You haven't read it. I mean, maybe. But uh, like, what if like Jim is just like, "Hey, Billy, I'm on. I'm on your back today. You just keep on walking, boy." <laughs> um, da, 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 da. And also speed, of course. Speed, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Anyway, uh, oh, so one other thing about this. Is being directed by Andre Uvredal. Or Uvredal. Whatever uh, the thing that looks like a zero, however that's pronounced. I believe it's Uvredal. 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 Because he's Swedish. Right? Swedish? I'm a Swedish plumber. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Sweden. But you're wearing Lederhosen. <laughs> Uh, he is from Norway. Norway. Damn it. Norwegian. Damn Norwegians. <laughs> anyway. Um, he, yeah. He is the director of The Autopsy of Jane Doe, The Upcoming Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and also Troll Hunter. God damn it. <laughs> I had to get it in there. You know that. That's what she said. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> I'm on fire. Um, <laughs> I'm on fire. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. Um, he is going to be directing from a screenplay. Screenplay? Screenplay. 
Screenplay written by James Vanderbilt, who wrote Zodiac, which is a pretty solid flick. Starring Frank Gyllenhaal. Frank Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Grave plot favorite, Frank Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, oh man, we never watched Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw. We could have talked about him for two hours. Nobody wants that. I heard it's not good. That's drunken cinema, Velvet Buzzsaw. It'll literally just be, just be like, oh, there's Frank Gyllenhaal again. <laughs> Uh, we'll say it's our, our worst drunken cinema to date but those always turn out to be the best ones that's true <laughs> uh, Nadal said uh, I have been an obsessive fan of King since my teen years and now I am going to be directing a film based on the first book he ever wrote The Long Walk not a true story um, I mean he's going to be directing the film but it's not Stephen King's first book yeah we looked it up at least not the first one published maybe he wrote it first who knows no, because he wrote Rage in 77, remember? Did he? Okay. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, we've just learned that Andre Overdahl is a liar. <laughs> a phony. <laughs> uh, uh, humbled and in awe of absolute fear of failure. You know what, Andre? Heart to heart here. Here's me to you talking. Uh, don't even worry about it, bro, because Stephen King himself directed Maximum Overdrive. <clears throat> And that is awful. <laughs> so, and plus, and the Shining remake. No, he didn't direct that. He wrote it. Oh, he wrote it. But yeah, okay. Mick Garris directed that. Oh, that's right. Um, which is solid. I think. I think they're because it's closer to the source material. It's actually better than the original. And it's got Brian from Wings, who we'll be talking about later. <laughs> right. Uh, there's Diane. This is Diane. <laughs> We're good at that. We just make up tie-ins and segues all the time. Just doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he really doesn't need to worry about it. There have been plenty of bad Stephen King adapta- adaptations, and people are just like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. Yeah, and even when they're bad, Stephen King is like, you need to see this movie. Right. I need the money. <laughs> I don't know if this is true because I, heard, I saw somebody else say it, um, but... I heard that Stephen King actually said that if he had the chance to go back and rewrite uh, Pet Cemetery, he would have changed it to that ending. From the new one? Yeah. No. Fuck out of here. The ending sucks. It's like Stephen. Just Stephen. Stephen. Just, just stop. Stevie, buddy, baby. <laughs> Sweetheart. Stop it. Polonix said that about Fight Club, too, but I think the movie ending is better in Fight Club. I agree. Um, like I said, Stephen King's gonna he's gonna shill no matter what. So oh yeah, because I'm making that paper. I have not recently seen St- a Stephen King adaptation come out where Stephen King just goes, yeah, "This ain't it, Chief." Yeah, <laughs> you know, fucking uh, Nosferatu is. I think it's starting Nosferatu. I think it's starting tomorrow actually on, on Sunday, which would be the second. Um, but I'm pretty sure AMC already has the first three episodes up for streaming, and I really wanted to try and get at least one episode in before we started recording, and I just ran out of time. Um, but hopefully, I'll have that to talk about next episode. Nice, nice, yeah, yeah, nice. I keep seeing trailers for it at the gym. I'm just like, uh, I still don't know, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I remember that part from the book, but. I don't know. It seemed better at the time. <laughs> I'm still not buying uh, Quinto as Charlie Manx either. 
But we'll see. We'll but see. he's so dreamy. I'd say you're barking up the wrong tree, but you're not barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> it's the right tree, but I'm not barking. <laughs> anyway, that's it. So, speaking of people who are shills for their own work, <laughs> see, there's another one of those. Yeah, that's a <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd. God. He's already plugging uh, Jason Reitman's new Ghostbusters. And have you guys heard of Crystal Head Vodka? <laughs> um, as far as I know, none of them are slated to come back yet in the new one. I don't think any of them have signed contracts yet. I know Bill Murray was like, I'll be in it if they call me. I'm like, why haven't you called Bill Murray? That would be my first phone call. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, please be in my movie. Please. Please. Like, <laughs> I will give you millions of dollars. I will give you much gold. I'll give you my child. <laughs> I'll give you whatever the fuck you want. Um, but on top of that, Dan Aykroyd also recently revealed in an interview with 660 News. Uh, that I he- don't know that it. <laughs> I'm joking on water. I have a drinking problem. <laughs> Airplane. Great movie. <laughs> so we're currently on the lookout for a new co-host. <laughs> Once Tony dies here. Oh, man, that really fucked me up. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so Dan Aykroyd recently revealed that he has written a prequel to Ghostbusters that takes place in 1969 when the three white Ghostbusters met. So we get rid of the problem. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, um, Did you just call the black guy the problem? I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, parabolic. <laughs> okay. Like, as, as if Winston was the issue with everything. I don't know. Never well, mind. I mean, it's like we got to get rid of Winston. We worded it that way. But honestly, like that's, you know, Winston came into the movie later. He wasn't part of the initial trio. Yeah. He's even now he's still considered kind of like an extra character, like not one of the core Ghostbusters. Right. Even though he was. <laughs> yeah. He was there from the beginning. More. He said he helped them save the world twice. Two twice times. and he still doesn't get the two credit. times he did it still doesn't get the credit that the white man gets it's a hell of a world we live in uh but this movie sounds would, sounds bad would be called check this out ghostbusters high oh my god <laughs> I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna throw up Ackroyd said i've written ghostbusters high where they meet in new jersey that in makes me want to throw up all of your head sir <laughs> I've written Ghostbusters High where they meet in New Jersey in 1969. And New Jersey! Since when are they from New Jersey? Isn't everybody from New York from New Jersey <laughs> at one point or another? Uh, we're looking to do that as probably a glorified feature. What the hell does that mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. Is it a feature or not? What is glor... I don't know. This, this fucking guy. Uh, this, or this fucking mutt. Or pilot. Please no. Because that means it's a TV show. 
Uh, within the next maybe five years, it would lead to a television project, and I thought of Jason Reitman immediately for that. Oh, you thought of the guy who's making the next Ghostbusters movie? He's starting to remind me of Marlon Brando's character. Not Marlon Brando. Um, fuck. In what? Uh, Entourage. Um, Entourage. Sal <laughs> uh, Bandini, want to wrestle? Yeah, yeah, him. Martin Landau. Martin Landau. God damn it. Why couldn't I remember his name? It's starting to remind me of his character. Is that something you might be interested in? <laughs> totally. That's very apt. Dude, so, oh. It's like, I got ideas, man. I got to cut in here for a second, but in Vegas, we went and saw a Ready to Rumble watch, al- watch along. That's so awesome. With Tony Schiavone, The Hurricane, uh, David Arquette, and then some comedian. Some rando. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that scene came on, and everyone in the place went, Sal Bandini, you want to wrestle? <laughs> Oh my god! I wish I could have been there. Not for the whole thing because I didn't, you know, it's wrestling, whatever. But that part that would have been awesome. <laughs> and then uh, everyone also sang along to um, uh, the the Jimmy King song. It's like he's the bestler. <laughs> he's the best wrestler, better than all the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work on the ending. <laughs> so good. Uh, let's see. What else did Ackroyd say? It's on his desk, but that's years away from the current project. But it's a neat, a neat idea for a prequel. I can imagine Brighton being like, yeah, yeah, Dan, it's on my desk. <laughs> it's like, Trash. yeah, we'll, sh- we'll, we'll get to that in like five to ten years. How long until Ackroyd dies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked that up, but uh, imagine heard. casting the three characters as teenagers. Wouldn't that be wacky? No, no. That's you hire someone to do that. You can't. You can't hire somebody to be Bill Murray. Oh God! Could you imagine the fucking pressure? You can just be like, "Hey, uh, um, I'm Peter Venkman." Mm. Nailed it. You're hired, Bill Murray, right there. <laughs> um, I could pass for a teenager. <laughs> um. Yeah, with your giant beard. <laughs> hey, my best friend in high school had a full set of mutton chops. Jet? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, that guy had fucking sideburns in junior high. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. He's a manimal. Uh, so get this. Accurate also says, but wait, there's more. We have at least one or two other concepts for the Ghostbusters. And then we'll look at doing the prequel, which will be a perfect button on all we've done up to that point. A perfect button? What does that even mean? <laughs> what are you saying? That's not a phrase. <laughs> but what this sounds like to me is Ackroyd made this whole ghost world thing, franchise or whatever the hell you want to call it, however many years ago. The first thing they made was that awful sequel or a remake that Ackroyd was like, this movie's going to be great. Then everyone went, this movie's awful. He's like, oh, I know. I hate it too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bandwagon or bullshit. He's like, yeah, it was all Paul Feig's fault. He's not allowed on Sony anymore. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Right, guys? Right? I'm cool. I hated it the whole time. You guys want some vodka? <laughs> Crystal Head Vodka. $29.99 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much it costs. I, I think don't. it's fucking expensive, actually. It might be. I don't drink vodka. But now he's like, oh. I wouldn't drink his either because he sucks. Now he's like, we gotta, we gotta make some Ghostbusters shit. <laughs> I sank a lot of money into this thing. They're gonna take away our LLC. 
so yeah he's just like whatever ghostbusters high ghostbusters university ghostbusters high the next class what if Ghost, it's actually ghostbuster pets what if... <laughs> no <laughs> ghostbusters go to hawaii <laughs> no what if the school is actually called ghostbusters high <laughs> oh my god so fucking awful. That's how they got the name. It's like, guys, what if we call ourselves Ghostbusters like we were at school? <laughs> Get it? Because we bust ghosts. <laughs> like, it makes sense. It's a, this weird coincidence. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's true. We do. We, that's exactly what we do. We bust ghosts. And busting makes me feel good. And then Winston's like, guys, what does busting mean? Shut up, Winston. <laughs> You're not fighting our club. You didn't go to high school with us. The old Ghostbusters high goats. <laughs> I'm sure. Go goats. Uh, uh, fuck you, Ackroyd. That was fun. Okay. Oi, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, we made it again. And this time, it actually recorded. I could see it all right there. Thank Christ. So, um, are you looking up Crystal Head Vodka? Yeah. Vodka. So you can get a bottle on Amazon, a fifth, for $17. <laughs> That's not expensive at all. What's this one for $50 then? Oh, is no. it an empty bottle? Sorry, a fifth is forty two ninety nine. Oh, that is just the bottle. You're right. Yeah, so a fifth is 40, 40 bucks, 40, 50 bucks. Uh, one time I saw a guy, um, he was a... Um, it is a, a cool bottle. A f- it is a cool bottle. Just like, uh, was it Monkey Head or Monkey Paw uh, Rum or whatever it's called? Yeah, you told me about that. Monkey Shines? Dead. Oh. dead. Fuck, I can't remember. Those bottles are awesome. <laughs> Definitely going to buy one. Not, wait, Monkey Head Vodka? Apparently, apparently there's a Monkey Head Vodka. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's rum. Monkey Rum. I'll just search for Monkey... Oh, it's, is it just, uh, dead Head. That's dead Head. It's not Monkey Anything. Stupid. <laughs> Remember the drunk monkey from Brazil that <laughs> chased people with a knife? You mean our best story ever? Oh, God, that was so good. Uh, one time, uh, you know, the people that do forensic uh, reconst- facial re- reconstruction from skulls? Yeah. I saw one he, guy made one from a jar, uh, from a crystallite vodka bottle. Oh, that's pretty it cool. Was a, it was a weird-looking guy. <laughs> it's like, it makes me wonder if they just, like, it's like, yeah, that's that's what a skull looks like. Anyway, so that's horror business. We are done with it for the second time. And um, before anything else goes wrong, we're going to go immediately into our film reviews. All right. So, um, oh. Yeah, so I don't know what all is going to make it into this episode. <laughs> yeah, but basically, last episode we said we were going to be watching Brightburn and Godzilla, um, and we watched one of those movies. Um, we Godzilla's is not going to happen, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's really not a horror movie anyway. So. It's really not. Um, so uh, we called an audible, um, and now instead we're going to be talking about the Netflix original movie, uh, The Perfection. Uh, so Taylor, which one are you going to start with? Uh, let's start with Brightburn.
I know it's been difficult for you lately that you feel different from other kids. You are different. After your dad and I got married, we prayed for a baby for so long. All right, so Brightburn is a brand new movie that just came out, um, directed by David Yaravsky, um, Yaravsky, uh, written by Brian and Mark Gunn, who are brothers of Sean Gunn, of course, naturally from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Remember how we used to talk about Gilmore Girls like a lot, like, yeah. like a weirdly lot amount. That's not a sentence. <laughs> It was close to one, <laughs> but not quite there. Uh, written by The Guns um, and uh, produced by James Gunn. Um, I mean, you guys know who James Gunn is now by, by now. Um, if you don't, then what, what are you doing? But do you James even, Gunn... Do you even watch movies? <laughs> uh, James Gunn clearly loves his superheroes because this is sort of a superhero movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hero might not be the right word, but <laughs> super I mean villain. I mean they've they've not been secretive about what the movie's about. No, not at all. Uh if you've seen a trailer for it or commercial or whatever, it's Hell, it's, even the poster. Yeah, you you know like what the, the tagline is what evil found its hero or superhero or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, um <clears throat> So, yeah, let's let's just jump right into it, I guess. Um, He's not here to save the world. That's one of them. That is one of them. Um, So this movie stars uh, Elizabeth Banks, uh, who is obviously a James Gunn favorite, um, and David Denon, who is uh, Roy Roy from The Office. Um, And uh, let's see. Is there any, any, any other familiar faces badger badger right badger from uh from uh, B- 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 breaking, breaking bad, bad. 
who was also in the office. Was he? Yeah, he played one of Dwight's cousins in like the later when they were trying to spin off the farm. Oh, right. Oh, God, that would have been bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think that as far as familiar people, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a big cast. Oh, Michael Rooker pops oh, yeah. his head up at the, <laughs> at the, at the very, very end. Very end. Um, oh, and Steve, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Aggie? A- Aggie? The, he was the other friend that was playing pool with them. He's a comedian. Oh, yeah, he's in Superstore. Yeah. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so, I mean, this has been described as, like, the evil Superman story, which it basically is. This, it, Yeah, I mean, it's very much like, what if Clark Kent was evil? Yeah, it uh, really <clears throat> doesn't stray too far from the Superman origin story. Uh, it takes place in Brightburn, Kansas. So, you know, Brightburn is obviously a fictional town in Kansas, just like Smallville was. Um, and uh, in the year 2006... I wish they uh, would have called it like Littleton. Littleton? Yeah, it's like something like like Smallville. Mm. Um, Tori and Kyle Breyer, um, they, uh, they're they just, like just simple farmers um, out, in, out in Kansas. And they are, they're recently married, like maybe a couple of years or so. And they've been trying and trying to have kids um, and just, you know, just bad luck all over the place. They're just not, I mean, I think they said they tried like in, not in vitro, but like fertilization type you know, stuff, like anything to help try to encourage pregnancy and just they're having no luck. Well, it doesn't stop them from trying. And one night while they're about to get down and get busy, uh, suddenly something strikes the, the land, uh, strikes the ground in like on their property and um knocks out all the power in their home um we don't actually see them go out to explore what this is it kind of jumps forward in time pretty much immediately Um, yeah this opening scene is real short yeah um it jumps forward uh was it 12 years yeah 12 um and in that time their son brandon Breyer. So you've got the alliteration, just like a lot of superheroes have. Mm. Clark Kent, uh, Peter Parker. Um, Is it alliteration if it's not the same letter? I think it's a sound. Okay. Um, and, and others. <laughs> and others. Uh, they're, they're there, I promise. Well, I mean, there's not just in, uh, in their secret identities, but their names, like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. lost my train of thought anyway so brandon has uh been raised uh as a normal child even though he came to earth in a ship <laughs> or some some kind of meteor or whatever it machinery is machinery of some kind <clears throat> uh but like i said they've raised him as a normal child not telling him about their his past uh or his origins um only telling him that they adopted him <clears throat> This is not the first time we've seen something like this in a movie or it's just like, hey, we found this kid, but to everyone else, we adopted him. It's like, this is something that I feel like if you were going to adopt a child, you'd, you'd like you'd go tell your friends, like, hey, we're trying really hard to adopt. Right. Not, yeah, it's not just like, we'll, oh, hey, we have this baby that we went and adopted yeah. randomly. And you don't, you don't just walk in and, and pick up a baby either. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a process. It's like people are on waiting lists for years before right. they get one. Um. But 
that's neither here nor there. Um, Brandon uh, is uh, he's he's kind of an outcast because he's he's exceptionally smart, um, and you know that obviously doesn't go well go go over well with people that um, are not smart. <laughs> Yeah, he's very antisocial either by, I don't know if it's, you know, it doesn't really get into if it's by his choice or if he's just kind of outcast by the rest of the kids. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of where it leans into like a really very similar uh, Superman origin story because he feels like an outcast. He feels different and he doesn't know why. Um, but he just kind of, he's just like, okay, the, he, he kind of grows up thinking there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but I'm definitely different than everyone else. Um, and, uh, but I mean, Tori and Kyle, I keep forgetting Kyle's name. Um, I feel like they only say it like one or two times. Like I didn't know it for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, Tori especially is like kind of going out of their way to really express a lot of love and admiration, uh, of their, of their son. Um, but this really doesn't help him from feeling different. Um, and see, one night he starts convulsing in his sleep. Am I jumping ahead too far? Is there something that happens before that? I mean, you, the only real glimpse you get of any kind of powers he has is you, at one point, uh, Tori whistles. Like they have this whistling thing that they do back and forth in the house, and he's in the barn, and yet she's able to hear him. So there's some kind of like telepathic thing going. Was she still in the house when that happened? Mm hmm. Because she opens the back door and she says, you better not be in that. Huh. I didn't put that together. <clears throat> Brandon, I mean, when it was this power, um, what's the word? Come come out. Um, man of many of the same powers as Superman. You know, super strength, flight, uh, eye lasers. He doesn't appear, uh, he, uh, invulnerability, I think. Like, to bulletproof. Um, he doesn't appear to have like super senses like superman yeah um i mean if he does it's never broached yeah they, they don't really touch on it there there are parts where it's just like okay well superman would have known where they were <laughs> unless he's just playing playing dumb playing possum yeah um <clears throat> anyway so yeah his power starts to manifest and um you know, much like Clark Kent, you know, he's never been sick. He's never bled. He's, you know, never broken a bone. Um, and, uh, you know, Kyle mainly is starting to really sense that that's very strange. And, you know, I mean, they, they, they know where he came from. He came from fucking outer space in a, in a ship. And one night, <clears throat> Brandon starts convulsing and chanting in some alien language um, and winds up basically sleepwalking out into the barn and just brutally trying to rip the doors off of this area where they're keeping the ship that he came to earth in. Um, and like I said, this is very similar to Superman. Um, he, like the ship is like calling to him. Um, and, uh, trying to think of like important parts but i don't want to give away like plot details um well i mean he starts getting very like obstinate he gets starts getting like talking back to his parents yeah and they just kind of chalk it up to be, be to uh, puberty mm -hmm. hormones and stuff 
Yeah, and that that very well could be what's causing all this is just him hitting puberty and that kind of making all these things, all these changes happen. And they think that that's why he's being the way he is because they find him stashing, um, like not not bra ads. Yeah, bra ads, which you know at his age we all we all oh sure took a slam or two of those. Oh yeah, one hundred. <laughs> um, and. Uh, but then he's also got pictures of like bodily organs. Yeah, and, like viscera and shit. It's yeah. Kind of fucked up. Um, and Dory's just like, is this a guy thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not no, a guy thing. No guy thing I've ever seen. But so they, you know, they take him out camping and, you know, Kyle's trying to kind of give him the talk. It's, you know, your, your body's. <laughs> so sh- awkward. Yeah. Your body's changing. You know, you're going to start thinking about girls and blah, 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 blah. And I think. Brandon kind of misconstrues that um, as to like, you know, he can almost like take what he wants. But like you said, he's becoming very obstinate, very arrogant. Um, well, it's funny because Kyle says like, you know, nobody ever told me that it was okay to touch it, play yeah. with it. I was like, like, what? What is it? He's like, you know, your penis. He was like, now? Not right now. No, not right now. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Um, let's see. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's a definitely a decline. You know, where Clark Kent was always not troubled necessarily, just felt very different, very outcast, um, you know, all the way up until, up until the point where he moved to Metropolis and became Superman. <clears throat> um, you know... Brandon is becoming very um, rebellious. It's almost like something is taking over his body. Yeah. Because there's a couple of times where he finds himself doing something that he doesn't even realize he's doing. Like you talked about, you know, the sleepwalking to the mm-hmm. barn. At one point he's eating breakfast and he just starts chewing on the fork and just he just mangles it mm-hmm. with his teeth. And he doesn't even realize he's doing it until Kyle comes up and pulls the fork out of his mouth. Yeah, that's definitely the interesting thing is that he doesn't seem to be consciously doing it. Up until a certain point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, it's like, if it weren't for the, just the over-advertising of this, you might not be so clued into exactly what's going on. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious. You know exactly where the story's going. It would have been nice to have a little more mystery. Yeah. Um, to, you know, so, you, so you're not knowing exactly what's going to happen as far as the story. Basically, everything that happened to Superman, except evil. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <clears throat> like, as I was watching, I didn't realize how closely it was going to follow the Superman story. Yeah. And it's uh, very similar to, to Man of Steel itself, um, as far as uh, little particulars. There's, I mean, it's been in the commercial, you know, the Man of Steel scene, where he sticks his hand in the, in the lawnmower. Oh, yeah. And just mangles the blade. Um, and that's kind of where he starts to realize like what he's capable of that scene. All I could think, cause like he's trying to start the mower and he ends up like yanking the thing so hard that he throws the mower like a hundred yards or something. Right. And then like, he just looks at his hands. I'm like, why do people in the movies always do that? <laughs> like, I don't think that would be my first reaction to be like, what is wrong with my hands? Like, <laughs> yeah. That mower. I need to get me one of those because you know, my mower, I think I spent like almost $200 on it. 
and it stops if I it just fucking cuts out if I hit like a, a patch of grass that's too thick or too long. And that thing fucking kept running after he threw it like <laughs> like two hundred feet. Uh so I gotta find out what kind of mower that was. Um I don't know, it doesn't appear to start very well. <laughs> but once it gets going. Boy howdy. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I don't want to start giving away parts of the story, so maybe that's kind of the the first two acts or so are pretty slow, like not a whole lot happens. In yeah, those. it's it's really towards the end when um, when Brandon just kind of starts to embrace uh, embrace who he is. Um, but I mean, it, it does come to a point where, he, like you said, he was like chanting in this uh, alien language. And throughout most, like, I'd say probably three quarters of the movie, he's, like, slowly translating it. Like, he's, I don't know, coming to comprehend this yeah, language. I, I was wondering how he, like, just started figuring it out. Well, like, I mean, Superman, like, he, uh, I forget actually how he learned Kryptonian. Um, he may have learned that in Fortress of Solitude, I'm not sure. But, I mean, you know, even though he never actually lived on Krypton, he still knows how to speak the language. So, eh, probably less explanation in this than there was given in Superman, but... Well, yeah, but it's weird because it's like it's not like he just like says it and knows it. It's like he just keeps repeating it, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, that means this. Yeah. But, so, I mean, he eventually pieces together what this message he's receiving is, and it seems to all be coming from this ship. Because every time he starts getting this message in his head, the ship starts glowing. Mm-hmm. Take um, the world. Right. Um, and that's kind of when you get like your confirmation that he's, he was, he's not only just inherently evil, he was sent here to do evil. Right. Um, and uh, that's kind of where it actually makes me think of um, Dragon Ball. Uh, I know you probably don't really know much about that. Very, very little, yeah. Yeah, Goku, who's kind of like Earth's hero, he was sent to Earth by the Saiyan race to take over the world. But when he he arrived on Earth, and he was he was a baby, and he was a little shit baby, but then he like took a hit, knock on the head and got amnesia. So basically now he's like this super-powered baby who was raised by this really nice old man. And... uh and so now he's a hero instead hmm. of being evil. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no real explanation to why Brandon has all these powers. You know, where Superman, it's because of the yellow sun. Um, uh, the, the sun's radiation gives him his powers. There's no real explanation why he has these powers. And Yeah, he's just kind of born with them, I guess. Yeah. Unless he's some kind of, like, weapon. That, that could be. That's... A perfectly logical um, theory. Um, so, I mean, as far as horror goes, it's not really horror. Not particularly. It's. I mean, it's it's basically a superhero movie, but in, if if it was a villain instead. Yeah. Even even the movies that have been made about superhero villains or super villain villains, like um, like Venom, for instance, it's not a villain movie. Like he's a hero. He's an anti-hero, I guess, but, you know, at a point, Eddie Brock actually does become an anti-hero, but at the beginning, he was Superman's arch nemesis. He wasn't Spider-Man. Sorry, Spider-Man. 
Um, Superman's arch nemesis. He wasn't a hero. Spider-Man. Did I say it again? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Spider-Man's arch nemesis. Um, and he didn't become a hero until later. <clears throat> um, Whereas in this, he's a, he's a bad guy right from the start. Right. But he doesn't, it, it, it's, you almost feel bad for him because he doesn't know it at the beginning. Yeah. Like he just wants to be a kid, but there's something in, within him that's making him into this monster. Um, so uh, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, like I said, I think the, the first two acts or so are really rather slow and it's, it, it's a lot of buildup into this third act and it doesn't feel like a whole lot happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, just kind of this build up to what is happening with him and who he's becoming. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's weird. And not, not not in a bad way. It's just it's it is very weird. It's and it's it follows the Superman story a little too closely to me. It really did. Um, like I knew, I I actually kind of liked the fact that it was so clearly following Superman's origin so closely. But it was more for like an entertainment value, kind of a kitsch, you know. Yeah. But the fact that it was like. Almost exactly the same. It was kind of like, eh. you guys could have done something a little different. Right. Like, you don't want to say lazy, but. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was, you even put it in Kansas, for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's like, there's the entire Midwest you could have put it in. Or it didn't even have to be the Midwest. Um, Some good gore scenes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a point where he uh, shatters a bunch of glass and. It was actually in the commercial where the glass gets in the lady's eye and she has to pull it out. Like they cut it off in the in the commercial, obviously. But oh yeah, yeah. They couldn't show this in the commercial. Yeah, um, but uh, one character gets their jaw just like it's not ripped oh off, my but it's God, just I forgot. I don't know, hanging. I that was so good. I mean, it was CGI, but still, it, it was fucking awesome. It was good. Um, yeah. So. uh I once I almost forgot to mention this. I, one thing I liked that kind of added to the authenticity of the character, I thought, was that they used actual like um, baby videos of the kid yeah. that played Brandon, and just put in um, Elizabeth Banks's voice over the top of them. Yeah, so I thought that was a nice touch, which is so much easier now. I right? think because uh, you know if like if we were in a movie and they wanted to use childhood videos of us, it's like they would probably be sparse if at all. You know. Yeah, um, and they'd all be on you know VHS. You'd have to transfer them to digital. And exactly. Probably um, do some kind of restoration on them. Or... Actually, that's not true. It'd probably be pretty easy because my grandfather recorded everything. <laughs> um, he got this camcorder when I was like I don't know, two three years old, and like every family get together, he recorded it. I think my mom's got a bunch of videos of our trips to Ocean Shores. Yeah. <clears throat> um anyway, like I said, this is not really horror. There are some horrific things in it. Um and some good gore. And some good gore. But as far as it being horror, this is it's really not yeah. there. Um it's fine though. It's close enough, I think. Like I feel like there's like certain scenes that like could be ripped from a horror film. But yeah, the overall feel and the overall theme of it is not particularly horror. Yeah. What do you think of Brightburn's look? The town? 
the the uh, Brandon. Oh, you have to kind of catch it at the end, but he's actually been nicknamed Brightburn. Oh, is that something Michael Rooker said? No, in the um, in the all the news stuff. Okay, yeah, I, I apparently missed that. Um, it was pretty cool. It kind of reminded me of a lot of like like when super, uh Now I almost did it when Spider Man <laughs> was making his own costume. Yeah, yeah, it was weird because. It's it's hard to get a good look at it in pretty much actually the entire movie, but like in the commercials and stuff, it's hard to get a good look at what his mask looks like. At a quick glance, it looks like almost like a like a gas mask. Yeah, the the laces in the front almost look like a gas mask tube. Yeah, or like um, like almost like a bug face almost, but in in reality, it's just it's just a piece of a blanket that he cut eye holes into and then he laces it up in the front um and uh it's almost like a like a reverse luchador <laughs> match Kinda, <or> yeah. <laughs> um but and overall it was kind of a, a cool look i guess for a kid that would have liked to see like maybe like an adult version that was more you know um uh More finished, more elaborate. Yeah, finished, I guess. I don't know. I can't think of words. Words what are else, hard. What else is new? Words know? are hard when you talk them. <laughs> um, but I mean, for what it was, just like a very quick and dirty homemade costume, it was pretty effective too. And yeah, I mean, it looked like something that a twelve-year-old kid would make. Yeah. And you know, whereas Superman didn't typically or doesn't typically walk around with his just glowing eyes, uh, that like Brandon did that. Like he, so it kind of added to the effect because especially in the darkness, all you can see is this mask uh, and glowing red eyes. Yeah. And it's pretty intimidating. Um, but yeah, he's, he's quite the little shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, at first he's just kind of annoying and it's it is almost like just a kid going through puberty you know like there's this girl that he has a crush on and he ends up breaking her hand and um you know just because he's angry at her because she's not reciprocating his feelings and stuff and it's just kind of little things at first but yeah by the end he's a he's a full-blown just asshole yeah i will say the big climax in the house with him and his mom i could have done with some more like that was just very just like quick i Trying not to it, give anything away. But. If they would have made it a little more interesting, yeah, and elaborate, yeah, then uh, yeah, I would say so. But because, I mean, he was basically doing the same thing over and over. So yeah, exactly. Just, if they would have added more of that, it would just would have been dry. I also feel like this movie has too many jump scares. You think? I do. And it wasn't like they were like they weren't super obvious or like predictable, like a James Wan movie. <laughs> but there was just too many. I thought. I, I I I don't think I can think of any. I mean, I can think of. I'm maybe they weren't supposed to be jump scares, but they sure felt like because like right at the beginning when he's out in the barn and you know uh, Tori's looking for him and he like jumps out at her or something. Mm. Yeah. There was one that got me though. 
Oh, yeah. it, was, it was like towards the end. It can tell me off mic, I guess. I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's when the police are coming up to the house and Tori starts running towards the front door and then he like jumps in front. Oh, of yeah. Yeah. A lot of disposable characters in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Like really nobody's safe. Nope. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was here. pretty good, but um, yeah, I just I did think that it was slow for the beginning, but it does really kind of ramp up at the end. But like I said, I could have used more of of the final, more not more of the final scene, but more in the final scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish it. Like us, like we said, I wish it would have been a little more original. I wish it would have been a little more separated from the Superman origin story. Um, I appreciated that it was similar and what it was trying to achieve by doing that, but I wish it was more separate. Um, <clears throat> because you know, for as closely as they st- stuck to the Superman origin story, um. It just seemed like they were copying it. Yeah. They were being unoriginal. Um, and that that could have been saved by adding in some, just just peppering in some different details. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it looked really good. Um, the acting was good. Um, you know, I just, I, I love Elizabeth Banks. Like, she is just such a doll, like, and she's she's a great actress. And this actually, this is the first dramatic role I can f- remember her being in. And it kind of really showed her range because typically, you know, her is a, is a, a comic actor. Yeah. Or actress. Um, so for her to do drama, um, I thought was, you know, good of her. <laughs> she, good she, for you. <laughs> she did it. She re- did it really well. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember his real name. Who, Roy? Yeah. Just call him Roy. David Denon. Or Denman. Um, he was good, too. Like, I, I really liked his character because I felt like his character would have been who I was. Or, like, his character was who I would have been in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, that probably the most interesting part of the, you know, as he's kind of turning into this bright burn character is the, the dichotomy. Is that the right word of um, Kyle and Tori kind of butting heads because he's like, look, this isn't our son. This, you know, yes, we've raised him for 12 years, but he's still just a thing that we found in the woods. Yeah. We don't know who the hell he is. Yeah. And she's like, no, fuck you. That's my son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It, it was interesting to watch from my position because it's like, you know, my wife and I want to have kids sometime in the near future. And it's just like, if that kind of, sh- well, I mean, if our kid turns out to be some evil super alien being, um, then if a meteor shaped spaceship lands in your backyard, but no, I mean like we, we deal with that shit with our dogs, <laughs> right? You know, what, what's going to happen when it, when it become when it's a kid that we're arguing over, you know, how to, how to discipline or, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is obviously an extreme version of that, but a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really liked Michael Rooker's cameo, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was great. Apparently his name is The Big T. 
Yeah, he was like some Alex Jones type guy. Yeah, like spouting conspiracy theories. Yeah, won't won't go into detail about it, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, any any final thoughts? No, I think I've said my piece. All right. I'm gonna say. I'm torn between a six and a seven. That's how I am too, but I'm leaning more towards six. I'm leaning more towards seven. Mm. No, I'll say six because, like I said, if it would have been a little more separate from Superman instead of just almost being a carbon copy... um, and not, not not so much Superman, but Man of Steel specifically. Um, there's a lot of repetitive stuff as far as origins go. Um, I probably would have scored it higher, but because of that, I'll, I'll knock it down to six. Yeah, for me, it's just that and then the the slow start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to feel like that's becoming a trend in film it's just like a slow start and then just a big third act yeah yeah kind of i mean that was i'm not a i'm not a big theater person but i'm pretty sure that's kind of like how a lot of theater like like actual um, plays would go i mean like i know in horror you know you want to have that big surprise or that big unveiling in the third act and stuff but like we said this one isn't really horror so it's more just kind of this build up yeah it's just very dramatic until the final act. Yeah. So six from you? Six from me as well, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, our second movie, like Tony was saying earlier, was supposed to be Godzilla, but that didn't happen because just we were thinking things happened. Um, so I saw Fuck this. Me. I can't drink water. God damn it. At least you're not choking on it this time. That's a plus. Like it's a, that's a step up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I saw this article that said, new Netflix film, is making people sick. And I thought, challenge accepted. So, instead, we watched The Perfection. What is happening to me? I'm burning up. It's gonna be okay. Liz. Oh, it's not. Oh, God, it's not. Listen to me. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. Lizzie, I know. That's why we need to get you help. I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> What's happening? Oh my god. What's happening? I don't know. Oh my god. What is it? I don't know. What? What the fuck? Look at you, Lord. It's fucked. Help me. Help me, darling. Help me. You know what you have to do. Now. 
so can I just say right off the bat, I don't know why this was making people sick. I don't either. <laughs> like, I know the scene in question that was making people sick, but I'm like, that was not that bad. I was like, yeah. if that's the worst this has to offer, I'm fine. Yeah, it's like, it's gross, but. Yeah, but like. I've seen worse. I've seen much worse. I've seen that before. <laughs> I've seen worse, like, coming out of me. <laughs> I mean, not not bugs, but, you know. Bug. Um. So, yeah, this is a film about Charlotte Wilmore, played by Allison Williams of Get Out. Or, yeah, or better known as the white bitch from Get Out. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Richard Shepard, written by Richard Shepard, Eric Ch- Charmelo, and Nicole Snyder. Uh, Charlotte is a cellist, and she went to this very prestigious academy called Back Off Academy. But she had to leave when her mom had a stroke and got very sick. Yeah, she was what, about was it 16, 18, something in that? When she left? Yeah. She was 13. She was 13. Okay. So she leaves and to go take care of her mother. Her mother ends up being bedridden for 10 years. And so finally she passes away. So she calls uh, Anton back off. Played by Brian from Wings. <laughs> Are we ever going to let him forget? Like, the, no. Like, is he ever going to be anything else to us? No. <laughs> He's Brian Hackett. And she, but you know, she says just like his brother Joel from Wings. Joe. Joe from Wings. That's what I said. Yeah. What'd you hear? <laughs> I heard Joel, which I think you were confusing Lowell, which is THC. No, you're wrong. <laughs> you heard wrong. What? Why is Wings so prominent to us? I don't know. Like, we're, I was like, like really a fan of it. We're like, oh, Tony Shalhoub, that's Anton. That, that, that's not Monk. <laughs> it's or Antonio. Sorry. Antonio. They thought that, right? And THC is always going to be Lowell. Yep. All, he's always going to be Lowell. And Roy never made any other thing. He was always Roy. He's just, <laughs> he's just Roy. He's just big fat Roy. Yep. Like, where, where's Roy and Helen? Whatever happened to Helen? The blonde? Yeah. I don't know. Or like Amy Yazbeck. She was oh shit! What was her character's name? I don't remember. I have. She was one. Helen's sister, which didn't make any sense because they looked nothing alike. No. She she married John Ritter and made two problem child movies. <laughs> uh, anyways, so but she says, you know, my mom finally died. She even says that she's like, finally, my mom died. Yeah. She's like, I need to to come back, and so she travels to Shanghai to meet up with him and his his prized student. Lizzie or Elizabeth uh, basically the new her more or less yeah because she was like the the prodigy she was the, the the hot shit thing when she was when she was at the academy but since she had to leave this Elizabeth or Lizzie took over and Charlotte and Lizzie really hit it off right off the bat become friends in the span of a day become lovers in the span of a night very fast very fast um, a very sexy scene, though. Yeah, it was. I was kind of into it. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> like I don't know Logan Browning. I've never, never seen her before. Me neither. She was cute. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, Lizzie wakes up and she's just hungover as shit. She even says at one point, you know, she's like not being at the academy anymore. I can have more than one drink a night. So yeah, clearly she's she, not someone who drinks regularly. Yeah, did you, did you say that she's taking a leave for three weeks? Not. Yeah, so she's going on a on a kind of a, a me time vacation. Yeah, a liaison. No, that's not right. 
believe. Yeah, sure, whatever. I was trying to trying to fancy up this dump. <laughs> Don't you know who we are? <laughs> but so Lizzie wakes up and she's all hungover, and uh, Charlotte, you know, gives her some ibuprofen, a little hair of the dog. I don't I don't know how much of this movie to talk about. There's a lot of twists and turns in it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking that earlier. So, we'll uh we'll limp through this. Let's <laughs> just see how it goes. But so they they take off into Shanghai and they Where were they going? Um I remember Lizzie says it's going to be all rough and tumble when riding these like old buses and um She's going backpacking through rural China. That's right. What, okay. Okay. But as they're on the bus, Lizzie starts just getting violently ill. She says, you know, there's a fire in my head and her, her whole body aches and she uh, sh- shits her pants. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Especially, I was watching this this morning while my guts were just killing me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I feel you, honey. Um, and this this is the scene in question where that was apparently making everyone sick. And, you know, maybe it's a spoiler, but it's very minor if it is. But she throws up maggots. She pukes all over the window. She's trying to pull open the window and it won't open. So she throws up all over the window and there's maggots crawling through. Yeah, her it's like this. Yeah, like bright yellow. Yeah, it looked like bile. egg yolks. Yeah, like raw egg yolks. That's all it really looked like. And it was. So going into this movie blind, like I had, I had no idea what it was about. Me neither. Um, All I knew about this movie is that it had Allison Williams and there was a scene, then this scene was making people sick. That was really right. all I knew. And I knew that it had something to do with a cello. Mm. The, so the previous night when they're at this party, and the reason they're in Shanghai is because Anton and Paloma are kind of vetting their new student. Paloma is his wife. Oh, did you not mention that? No. Um, yeah, just, you know, they've got a selection of three little, little Chinese girls uh, who are like finalists to be their new student. So that's why they're all there. And Lizzie and Charlotte are the judges. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't know that. Part. Yeah, he introduced them as such. Oh. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're, they're at this big party, and this one guy suddenly starts getting violently, violently ill um, and starts throwing up. And Lizzie or Charlotte, I can't remember who, asks, you know, what's, what's going on? And she's like, oh. And she overhears other people talking. Um, about something that's going on towards the border where people are just getting sick. It's an airborne virus and people are just getting violently ill. And they said it's Ebola. Did it say it was Ebola? Okay. I don't know if they said it, but like later when, when Lizzie's getting sick, she's like, what if I have that Ebola thing? I remember that, but it, I thought she was just overreacting. I mean, she might have been. Yeah, I don't, rem- I don't recall them saying Ebola, but they were also speaking Chinese. Right. Or um, Mandarin. Sorry. Chinese is not a language. Is it? I thought it was Mandarin and Cantonese Chinese. Or those are the two kinds of Chinese. Yes, but there's there's no language called Chinese. Huh. Okay. Um. Where to leave off? Oh, Ebola. Hey, so yeah. So actually, you know, I think as the viewer, when Lizzie starts getting sick, you're kind of like, oh, she probably got that whatever that guy had. Yeah. And then when she throws up, it's that same yellow bile. It kind of, like, visually kind of confirms that she's got whatever that guy had. And she's like, what if I have whatever that guy had last night? Yeah. But then you got the maggots just kind of put it over the top. Yeah, it's just a little extra. Yeah. 
But so they get kicked off the bus because the guy's like, you're not going to shit on my bus. Mr. Fucking Chinese Skullet. <laughs> yeah, that guy was an asshole. He was an asshole. Like everybody else on the bus is like, oh, man, this girl's really sick. We got to do something. Well, yeah, they're like giving her water and like they give her a mask at one point. Yeah. The one guy on the bus that speaks English. Right. He's trying to help. What a stroke of luck. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. He's very like reticent to help at first. Because Charlotte's like, does anyone speak English? And he doesn't speak up. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they get kicked off the bus. And, uh, you know, the, the guy that speaks English, he's like, there's a town about 10 minutes that way. Just start walking. Maybe they'll have a, they'll have a pharmacy. Maybe they'll have a doctor. So they start walking. Uh, and Lizzie just starts like freaking out. She's like, there's things in my skin there's something in my brain I, I don't know what to do uh boy where do we go from here without giving things away we kind of feel good we have to stop there <sighs> yeah this isn't a very spoiler free review friendly no like movie. we said there's lots of twists and turns like it it twists and then it twists another way and so it's like if I jump past the twist, then you're not really going to understand yeah. the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without giving anything away, that's, I feel like that's kind of where we have to stop. Yeah. Because there isn't really anything else that doesn't blow up something else. In- right. Yeah. That's the other thing. If, if we jump forward it's hard to talk about without giving away what we're jumping past. Right. So. So that's it. Yeah. Sorry. That doesn't give you a lot of information. Just, just wetting their appetite. Yeah. Wetting. Wetting. Um, yeah. Not so much a horror. Again. Yeah. Again, not, not so much. Um, I think it billed as a thriller slash horror. It was definitely a thriller. It was. Um, it reminded me of like a like. Well, I mean, it, was, it was like a revenge thriller. Um, and that that in itself is kind of a spoiler, I think. Um, but um, it at times kind of reminded me of. Um, I spit on your grave a little bit. A little bit, as far as. Th- Themology, not so much the act, the actual happenings in the in the in the film. Just I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, like there are things in it. There's just like there were nice twists and turns. They're kind of interesting takes on the story. Um, there are some things where. Where it was, like I think the first major turn before it turns back, um, you're kind of like, well, at least me, it's just kind of like, was I not supposed to know that? Like, because I, I kind of suspected that from the beginning. <laughs> See, so did cheese, but I didn't really pick up on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Just, I don't know can't really talk about it <laughs> yeah this, uh, 
I apologize to the listeners because this is a hard movie to talk about without giving anything away. Oh, couldn't have known. Yeah, that's the thing. I like, you know, we were saying we knew very little going into this. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, like Lizzie goes back to, to back off and, uh, Brian from wings is not very receptive. Um, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely like a, I mean, he refers to himself as a taskmaster. Um, and you know, kind of find out more about him as the movie goes on um man you know that entire sex scene and the whole morning after there's like uh lizzie you see lizzie's ass that's pretty much it yeah but like some of like alice williams under boob right and then later in the movie uh fucking brian from wings hangs dong it's out of focus and you can't like it's there you could see it oh yeah for sure it's, but it's like, God damn it. <laughs> like you can at least see his bush. At least. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you can see something hanging. You can see his, his hang down. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it's out of focus, but it's, it's, uh, it's there. Yeah. Just like, come on for that. You couldn't give us one boob. Yeah. Like one nipple. <laughs> um, this is something I never wanted to see Brian from wings as dong. No, like that was never, I mean, there's like very few guys to possibly zero. Who have ever been like, man, I would love to see that guy's dick. <laughs> but <laughs> I think maybe if somebody was like, yeah, that guy's got a weird dick, I'd be like, all right, I kind of want to see it then. But like, other than that, I've never been like, man, I wonder what that guy's dong looks like. Yeah, it's like, you know, there have been times where it's like, man, I heard that so and so, usually like a celebrity, if it's just a rando, I don't fucking care. But it's like, it's just, I heard this, like, uh, like Michael Fassbender. Like I don't remember what movie it was, but he hung hung dong, and uh, like everybody's like, man, Michael Fassbender's got a huge fucking dick. Just like, well, I gotta see this, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> if everybody's talking about it. Um, but Brian from Wings, it no, is a big never dick, came up by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> he would not have been on my list. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I st- I still couldn't tell you what it looks like. No. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth looking at, but it might be like, I don't know. It could be like wider than it is long for all we know. <laughs> Dish. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't really know what to talk about. It's a weird movie. It is weird. It's kind of surreal. It's and it, it, it's uh, d- displayed in four parts. Like yeah. four chapters, and they yeah. like you know pop up on the screen. Chapter one, chapter two. Each chapter gets a little name. I mean, you know, it's a kind of an artistic thing, I guess. I don't really see the point of it. Yeah, it didn't really serve a purpose at all. This movie is also very stylized, but it's like different styles. What do you mean? Like, um, you know, there's a scene where they show Lizzie, and the the camera does like a full three sixty spin, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, that's very kind of Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, there's a scene where Brian from Wings punches somebody, and it's like a POV shot of him, like, like it looks like he's punching the camera, mm-hmm. and the whole the screen flashes to red as opposed to to black. Yeah, and that kind of felt kind of Tarantino-ish. Sure, a little bit. There's a scene where Charlotte is sitting in front of this like circle of lights, 
it reminded me of someone. The only thing that could come to my mind was Nicholas Winding Refn, like from uh, Neon Demon. But it was that that wasn't it. But it was the only thing I could think of. Well, kind of um, maybe like um, kind of giallo type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Argento ish. Right. So that's what I mean. Like it, it, the movie felt very stylized, but it wasn't like one specific style. It kind of like took cues from all these different directors and all these different styles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked that. Like I said, you know, there's this big twist that wasn't surprising to me. Like what happened was surprising, but like the fact, kind of like the source behind it wasn't surprising. I, I kind of saw it coming to an extent. When it started to twist back and you kind of figure out exactly what's going on, yeah, that was kind of a surprise to me. The first one I thought was a dream. Mm. It, it did kind of present that way. Yeah. Um, and like I had to kind of write it out to see it's like if it was a dream or not. I was ready to be really pissed off too. <laughs> Just doubt. I fucking us. hate dream sequences so much. <laughs> like very rarely, like if, if you're going to have a dream sequence in a movie and you want me to enjoy it, Tell me it's a dream sequence from the beginning. If there's ever a fucking scene that is 15 minutes or longer that I then find out the whole thing was a dream, I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Even the uh, opening scene from Nightmare on Elm Street? Well. That gets a pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I kind of I kind of knew that going in, though. <laughs> sure. It's in the title. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's not, it's not a dream. It's a nightmare. That's the big caveat. Well, um. Oh, and spoiler alert. Zhang Li wins the cello contest. Sorry to spoil that for you. <laughs> Sorry to, for the other two contestants. Contestants. I know. That just blows up everything. It's not even worth watching now. But, you know, I feel like you need to know that going in. Oh man, there's a like it's not bloody. It's not a super violent movie, but near the end, there's this one part where somebody gets stabbed in the forearm, and then just gets sliced down the forearm. Yeah. And just like ah, yeah. There are some scenes of gore, but they're pretty, uh, pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. They're not incredibly graphic. Yeah, but they're decent. Yeah, for, I mean, it, for for what the movie is, it's yeah, it fits well. Um, and the very end is is proper fucked. Yeah, it's <laughs> very very weird. There is a lot of, um, you know, like you said, Nicholas Winding Refn esque. Um, I feel like a lot of just jello inspiration yeah i could see that just kind of like a almost surreal type stuff going on especially near the end um i could definitely see that being in any kind of old uh like um except argento or, or baba or i guess that's kind of the the like underlying theme of all those directors i named is, is the surrealism maybe mm-hmm. not so much tarantino but he tries <laughs> Uh, I think I think that's all I got. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's pretty good for what it is. It you know the 
the multiple twists and turns really kind of keep you engaged in it. It doesn't really, you know, kind of dip in the middle or anything because it it's almost like, like I said, it's four different chapters, but it's almost like each one, you know, could stand individually. Mm-hmm. And so it, it does keep you engaged throughout the whole thing, which I thought was, was um, encouraging. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a big part of the story that we can't talk about <laughs> where, you know, I, I have to kind of set it aside and like suspend my disbelief because it's like that wouldn't fucking happen. And I could talk to you about it later. Yeah, I'm not but, sure which part you're talking about. Um, r- remind me because I'll forget. Um, but, you know, just kind of thinking that's not realistic. It, it mainly has to do with how people would react to a situation. Um yeah, it's just like, no, no, that wouldn't go down like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, well acted. I mean, you know, obviously Allison Williams and Brian from Wings are seasoned actors. I don't know if uh, maybe Allison Williams doesn't classify as seasoned yet, but <laughs> um, what was Lizzie's name? Logan Browning? Yeah, I, yeah. Not really familiar with her, but I thought she did a good job. She is gorgeous. Yeah, she's real party. I'm not usually into like the septum rings either, but that looked good on her. Uh, has she has she done much? No, I see a very short filmography there. She was in Bratz the movie, <laughs> Breaking at the Edge, whatever the fuck that is, Brotherly Love. She looks like she's done quite a bit of TV. Oh, she's in Dear White People. Oh, the TV show, not the movie. Oh, is that a movie? I, I, I think I so. It has a if TV I, show. I haven't watched If I'm thinking it. of the right thing, I thought it was a movie first and then a TV show. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. I'm an idiot. You are pretty stupid. <laughs> I don't know shit about shit. Oh, she was in Meet the Browns. Is that the one with uh, Sedacus? Was he in that? Oh, no. No, yeah, it was a super Oh, no, that's Meet the, Meet the Millers or whatever. Oh, that, yeah. No, it was, it was a TV show from fucking Tyler Perry. Oh, fuck Tyler Perry. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I, it's good for what it is. I thought, you know, like I said, it, it kept me engaged for an hour and a half, so that's always a plus. Yeah, unless you're just a fucking gutless wuss, it's not gonna make it's, you sick. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really not anything. It's weird to me because it seems I feel like the people who would get sick watching that don't normally watch these kind of movies. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, Allison Williams, she was in Girls. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, what, something that bugged me, it's like, I don't know why it bugged me, but the stylization of the perfection. The backwards E? Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to I mean. I don't either. And they made such a point of it twice in the movie to do it. Yeah, like the final, once the, the final title card came up and it says the perfection and then the E like flips around. And they did it at the very beginning too. Yeah. It was on the poster. But like when it happened at the end, I was like, I don't understand the point of that. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, because it's not perfect. I was like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's <laughs> stupid. It's a reach. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say any of that. <laughs> no, because then you wouldn't get any sex ever. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> sex is good. Um. Anything else? No. They don't say the perfection until like the last ten minutes when they say it like five times. So many times. <laughs> it's like if the perfection is imperfection, then there's no perfection in your perfection. 
<laughs> what are you talking about, Brian Hackett? And like they said it in a way, it was like it was always in relation to to playing. Yeah. Um, and like I'm like, are they just talking about being perfect, or is the perfection like a musical piece? Like I, I still don't know what the difference was, or if I don't know what was what. I, as far as I can tell, he was just talking about playing perfectly, but they always worded it as the perfection. Yeah. So, I don't know. And if you don't have the perfection, you pay the price. Right. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Brian from Wings' dog. Which, that might be a little bit of a spoiler, but... Yeah, fuck it. It's the end of the, end of the episode. Yeah, nobody's still listening to this. All right, so... Um, I'll give it a six, I guess. Hmm. Is it worth a six? It's not a bad movie. No, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, you're right. I'll give it a six. Because, yeah, it, it, like I said, it kept my interest for an hour and a half. And a lot of movies don't do that. Yeah. I didn't find myself, you know, reaching for my phone or, you know, pulling out my laptop or anything like that. So, And it's on Netflix. You know, if you've already watched The Office 17 times, <laughs> go ahead and give this a watch. Yes. What? It's an hour and a half, I think. Yeah, it's it's not a long movie at all. I had to watch it in three stages, though, because I started watching it this morning, then I watched the middle part at the gym, and then I had to finish it out at home. That, so. that can be hard. It, yeah. It's hard to and that's keep, what she said. It's <laughs> hard to keep track of what's going on when you're doing that. Yeah. Especially with all the twists and turns of the story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's it. That's it. That's the end of the show. We finally got here. <laughs> After, what is this? Four hours, of, four and a half hours of recording now. Yeah. So that's neat. Anyway, um, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, two new reviews, and we'll try to do it right the first time. Hopefully, next time. Uh, Taylor, what are we going to be watching? Uh, we're going to be watching Slaughterhouse Rules, the new movie from the actually the first movie from Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's production company. As well as Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Right. Starring Bill Murray. Do we have Do we have to see both movies in the theater again? No, Slaughterhouse Rules is VOD. Okay. But I think we have to see The Dead Don't Die in theaters. Yeah, I knew that. Um, that's fine. I'm not really usually a Jarmusch fan, but this looks good. It looks pretty funny. Yeah. It's got people I like in it. It's, it's got a great cast. It also has Adam Driver, though. You know, like Adam Driver. I don't particularly. I don't really have an opinion on him. Actually, my sister hates him really so much. I don't really know why. But yeah. Anyway, it's funny because not to generalize, but usually women like him more. Sure. Which I think probably goes back to him being on Girls. This is a dumb show. It was a dumb show. I hated that stupid show. Like everything about that show was bad. Yeah. Um. I really don't like whatever they heard. The main girl, whatever her name was, I don't remember. Lena Dunham. Yeah, Dun- I don't Dun- like Dun- her Dun- at all. No, she's a she's fucking trash. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so we're gonna be watching those in a couple weeks, and we'll have a bunch of new horror business for you too. And we'll re- like I said, re- record that the first time next time. Till then, Taylor, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever podcasts are found. Except Spotify. 
They can find us on Facebook or Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast and on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, if you would like to get exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. That's us in a nutshell. Yep. We're on YouTube, but you can't listen to the episodes there. No, you can't. There's a few videos. You can watch the one episode of Skeletonis Workshop of Horrors. And our shorts. Yeah. There will be more eventually. Probably. I'll get there. <laughs> like I said before, I have I have ideas. I just need to... Do it. Yeah, I need to actually do them. Anyway, so uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll catch up with you next time. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside. Out the door, just in time. Head down the 405. Gotta meet the new boss by 8 a.m. The phone rings in the car. The wife is working hard. She's running late tonight again. Well, I know what I've been told. You gotta work to feed the soul. But I can't do this all on my own. No, I know I'm no Superman. Superman.